What's good, Internet, and welcome to session 53 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your mocha maestro in this rhythm-based adventure, Alex Arona. With me this week, as always, is our very own rock band expert, Joel DeWitt. You know, I have fond memories of Richard on vocals and wanting to smash the drum set with my guitar. Speaking of smashing things, in the third chair is Eric Getty Gettinger. Is it true Lisa threatened to snap your L.A. Noir disc in half? You know, hand to God, she really hates the game, and she asked if she could break it in half after Steve and I finish. See, for hold on. Joel is going to smash a guitar into the drums. Lisa's trying to snap this disc in half. I'm telling you, I am a completely normal individual with a completely normal level of anger. No. no. Not at no, all. not. Respect the game, man. Wait, hold on a second. Did you did you play this on Switch or on PS4? PlayStation 4. Okay, so it is a disc. Yeah, it is. Okay, never mind. What, you want me to try and get her to lick the cartridge? <laughs> I assume oh, you have more than do. one cartridge at home. You, you have yeah, but we're not just going to... The bitterant? No. Not, not no, going to with just any do. Switch cartridge. It has to be LM Noir. Anyways, this week we find out why Joel keeps saying, I am here, in the backlog. I don't get that reference. <laughs> get some contra brawling done in early adopters. Talk about podcast changes in IRL and try to figure out what the hell is going on with GDC in the news. But first, early adopters. Where we play alphas, betas, and games I game shamed everyone into playing. Yeah, I'm looking at both of you. Hey, I escaped this week without playing any of these. I but bitch. I did watch videos and I did watch you play some vitamin connection, so Okay. Thank you. Alright, first. <laughs> Super Crush KO. Uh, this one I saw looked right up Joel's alley and kind of sent it to him. No. And from, my, from my understanding, you, you were pretty pipe pumped on this, huh? You didn't send this to me. I, I bought this one. Yeah, no, I meant like I like, showed no. this to you to play. I said, hey, Joel, look into this. And you go, oh, that looks good. If you say he's, so. He's yeah. taking credit for it. Yeah, I no, am. it's... <laughs> he not only has to shame me for not playing something the last couple of weeks, he needs to take credit for me the week i actually played something new so hell yeah thanks. i do thanks for that i i hope you're ready for your new co-host uh search here <laughs> i got one lined up falling star search <laughs> so tell me it's about super crush ko super crush ko is a indie title that released on switch this year so it's actually relevant it is uh, <laughs> a pretty actually it's a pretty straightforward game like it's it's a side scrolling beat em up slash shoot em up uh a little unlike what you usually hear me talk about playing so it's not it's not like a streets of rage or something like that where it's left to right but you can also sort of walk into the foreground and background a little bit it is very explicitly left and right like a mario or a contra and, and actually you know, the funny thing is i, I kind of see this sharing similar dna to something like a contra or I, I, I'm trying to think of another comparison, but essentially there's not much pretense of a story starting out. You're this girl that's attacked by this evil thing. You go out into the world with what looks like a big futuristic looking rifle thing. And you're <laughs> in this environment that almost has a kind of pastel color palette. And you're basically like walking into different, it's like a level by level thing. You're walking into different zones for each level, and in that zone, it'll be spawning these enemies. Most of the enemies themselves are kind of samey looking, so there'll be these creatures that take on the form of something akin to an animal, 
except it'll be kind of a nondescript look, very blocky or polygonal in the way they look. And they'll have these move patterns where it'll be like, like charging up before they start chasing you, or they might do projectiles. In each of these zones, it's your job to dispatch the enemies with uh, punches, kicks, uh, you've got that gun, and you are scored based on how effectively you dispatch them while racking up a combo without getting hit. And each level is like that, in that you go through these different zones, dispatch the enemies, get a score for that area, you'll reach a checkpoint where they'll give you a heart, the next zone will have a little tweak, and you'll have to do the same thing, and so on and so forth. Uh, it's really fluid. So it is really, really smooth in that you start your attacks, and your normal attacks are pretty basic stuff. But as you start getting farther into levels, they start integrating new moves. So you will start with like your normal just punch, kick, and a shooting weapon. And like the weapon, you can jump in the air, and if you start shooting the gun... It'll keep you propelled until you run out of ammo or need to recharge your weapon. But you'll also get little moves like a, a dash that you dash across a certain space and anything in that dash gets hit. Or an uppercut that'll juggle your enemies so you can start using that as a pop-up and start pounding on them in midair or one level up. And it becomes a really fluid... It feels really dynamic. Like it, it, okay. it's it, it, it's kind of electric in how you will start a new zone, and you'll see four or five beasts popping up with a couple of flying ones that shoot stuff around, and you'll run up, do a dash to stun two or three of them, run over while they're stunned, uppercut them in the air, jump up to the next platform where they're stunned in the air, and start pummeling them to knock them out, and then jumping to the next area to jump mid-air, shoot at the enemies in the air to down them, and then you're walking onto the next zone with an A or an NS rating. So it's Did, did you yeah. feel did, like it, it made you do that instinctively, or was there a very advanced tutorial? So it, it's a slow burn. Like, the first couple zones, it's pretty straightforwardly not really adding much new in terms of frills or bells and whistles of what you can do. And it, mm. it, it's it's slow to start in a way where it almost kind of turned me off to it because my concern at first was like, this is kind of slow, it's dull, it's not really engaging me in a way that makes it feel very good. And as they started bleeding into it these different move sets and ways for you to approach the enemies in a different way is where it really expanded became a lot more kinetic in how you could jump across the screen to different patches of enemies and take care of them and it was that point where it really started clicking with me oh, okay well i would i have like a list of questions fire away all right so did you get a chance to play the Scourgebringer beta I'm afraid not, no. Cause just some of the, just for reference, the, it's on uh, Xbox Game Pass if you do end up wanting to go back to it. Yeah. Okay. Some of the ways that you're talking about how dynamic the movement is and how you're able to, you know, switch from doing melee combat to jumping in the air and stun blocking people, mm -hmm. it sounds it sounds pretty close to it. Okay. 
that's kind of why I was asking how it drew you in and made you kind of feel powerful, just because Scourgebringer made you feel powerful very quickly. Yeah. And it, it, and it didn't tell me, oh, do combos. I just, I hit something three times and all of a sudden it said combo at the bottom. And then I just realized I could dash and start comboing into something else. It yeah. kind of felt really quick. So, so this felt definitely a little more handholdy. Uh, and, and that's part of why it felt like kind of a, a trudge at first because of the fact that it, it took a little while before they really start giving you different tools to approach enemies at. And because of how slow the difficulty curve came to in the first couple zones that I played. But th- the thing is that like when I say it's kinetic and that it's fluid, like her movement in and of itself, when you're just walking around, if you just walk up and punch somebody, it, it feels... It feels normal. Like it doesn't feel great. Doesn't feel bad. It just feels okay. Like it's just nothing special. It's when you start chaining attacks where you feel like you're really mobile and you've got a lot more agency about how you zip across the screen and using those different moves, not just to take out the enemies, but also as a setup to be able to pivot to something else, is really kind of where it becomes. Uh, a much more divine experience, you know. Uh, so in, in that sense, it is kinetic and fluid, but it's not like, uh, gosh, I'm thinking of like uh, a game where it feels really good just to move would be like Dead Cells. So like, you know, just okay. the act of moving. And part of in that game, it's the animation too. It just, it feels fluid because it feels good to move around as the main character in it. And also the developers took a lot of time to make his animation really detailed in a way that conveyed that too. Here, yeah. the here the view of it, like the graphics of it, like it looks nice. Like I said, it has that kind of pastel color palette, which is a nice change of pace from what you usually see games being. But the, the characters look kind of paper crafty in a way that doesn't show off that kind of fluidity and animation that you might want out of it. Not it's definitely a, very bright, though. It is. like, Then that's part of what makes it stand out. It's, it's very pleasing to the eye. Uh, and that soundtrack? Tell me about the soundtrack. And it's pleasant. I, honestly, I'm not sure if I care one way or another about it. Uh, it sounded a little bit more like K-pop almost. Yeah. It, I was going to say elevator music. but <laughs> oh. uh, not, not to use that as a derogatory term, but <laughs> that's my initial thought when I think about the, the soundtrack. It's how, did, it, how does that come off as derogatory? Elevator music? Oh, yeah. I could see it being very derogatory. I, I mean, I, I would, yeah, if I was a musician, it's, I might it's find so it. I, just I almost slapped him myself. I almost slapped him myself. Uh, come over here and do it (laughs) fight me irl (laughs) yeah i'll see you tomorrow or no i guess i'll see you saturday we can do it then well no No. i meant i would i slapped joel for saying was elevator music i'm not going to moline no no for sure no nobody wants to go to moline So, uh, Super Crush KO, are you going to continue with it? Are you going to find out how far the rabbit hole goes? Yeah, I'm going to close it out and finish it here. I'm enjoying it well enough. It's a perfect kind of thing where, because it's set up in levels, you can just sit down and spend five or ten minutes going through a level and feeling good about it and moving on to the next thing. So it's hitting it's hitting that approachability and just taking a bite of the apple when you have a chance to kind of feel to it. So I, I appreciate it for that. And I'll, and it I'll stick feels- it out. And it feels enough in your wheelhouse to, to like you, like when I said this to you, I said that like, I think this is right up your wheelhouse. Does it fit? 
yeah, generally I would say if it fits. It's like stylistically, it's a little bit different than what I uh, usually veer towards in terms of like graphically and, and the tone it's going for. Because uh, it is kind of, it kind of has a girly feel to it, much in the same way that something like River City Girls did. But other than that, like it's, I don't mean that as a slight, it's just sort of the character that it went with. But yeah, I, I would say that gameplay wise it's definitely within my bailiwood <laughs> do we oh, have a problem with the word bailiwood <laughs> no yeah I've, I've well i have more questions than problems well i wait i had more actual game questions uh-huh. okay then i'm gonna ask about a bailiwood you go first all right so do you get some type of rocket launcher that you can utilize uh i have not noticed that yet okay so it's strictly just the one gun weapon then so far yes Okay. It might expand beyond that, but I have not experienced that yet. All right. Do you think that if they did incorporate a rocket launcher, you would have to shoot a pink door with those rockets? <laughs> <laughs> if it did, it would be a 10 out of 10. <laughs> All right. Intuitively, Just you'd know to shoot four, right? Clearly. Like, okay. Th- yeah, that's, because that's that number pretty obvious. exists somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, did they expect the game player to have some deductive reasoning and intelligence about how you play the thing? <laughs> so I would think that, you know, by trial and error, they know you would figure it out and take those learned lessons and apply it to the next area. Now no that sounds like Super Crush KO is an actual good game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was seething there for a minute. All right. <laughs> no, I'm busy playing Bravely Default on 3DS. Hey, we're doing a podcast here. <laughs> Just pulling well, a Getty. One of us is doing a podcast here. I call that pulling a Getty. So the next game I played, I played this one just because I want to talk. I wanted to talk to you guys about this. I'm writing a review for our WordPress. Vitamin Connection. I'd been eyeballing this for a while via Twitter, and I requested a code, and they were happy to give it. Vitamin Connection is one of those games, guys. Joel, how many games can you think of, can you count out, that use the switch technology uh one two switch okay that's one what else you got <laughs> uh i mean trying to think about the games that i own because um, i have two other ones let's go pikachu kind of uses it for some of yes. the uh, throwing the pokeball motion i'll give you a half point and what do you mean a half point yeah, it uses I mean, it. You know, you're, you're gauging this from like a what games use every feature of the Wii of Wiimote of the Joy-Con like the Swiss <laughs> Army knife. I mean, it's you know, a lot of games use certain functions of it. I mean, I, I played Strike Ten Pin Bowling recently, and that uses some of the motion control for that. Uh, okay, I'll count. I'll count that some more. Of the, that, uh, what is that called? Because it's a core. The, mecha- it's more of a core mechanic, and the throwing of the pokeball. Mm-hmm. Does the battles are what matters? The walking is what matters. It's not throwing the pokeball for a slight feature when you can use it as a button. It doesn't work as a full purpose. What about that other, Fit Adventure game that I that was to say fell off uh, the Ring Fit Adventure. About. Yeah. Also, Mario Party. I have not played that yet, so I can't gauge that. But I'll I'll take your word for it. But now, Vitamin Connection. It is a very cute, fun, bright colored. Silly story. The characters look like they were, they're coming straight out of the Powerpuff Girls. Good, good start. Yep. And you are Vita Girl, Minna Girl, and Vita Boy. They, they sit in a pill, the blue side and a pink side, 
and your job is to go with the family and when they start feeling sick or something they take this pill and it gives them the and you go into their body and you get rid of the thing that's making them sick okay there's a movie about this so this is dr mario what movie is that getty now i have to check because i oh isn't uh, the main character voiced by chris rock hold on Oh, God. Oh, oh, what is the name of the movie? That, that's that German Osmosis one. Jones. Osmosis Jones. Is that Joe? what that movie's about? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Fair. I mean, I'll tweet that in. But <laughs> I haven't even seen that movie. Why am I the one that was able to pull that up? Okay. Osmosis Jones. I saw the Jones, post. Yeah. Okay. With, uh, yeah, Chris Rock was Osmosis Jones. Okay. Yes. Yep. Bam. Okay. So you pilot the ship. You can pilot the ship. Using uh, as a as a single person can use two Joy Cons, but if you're playing it in co-op, the way it works is that second player holds the Joy Con sideways, like you know when you're doing you have when you're playing two player game and you have the controller sideways. Yeah. And then the first player holds the remote upside down, like a reg- like a remote control. And it's a ship that's flying through these narrow corridors, and I control whether it goes up, down, left, or right, but they control the angle of the ship. All by, by tilting the controller. Hmm. And uh, from what I was able to watch you play, doesn't it have you level the remote in certain ways as you're flying through? Yeah, because yeah. you have to turn and go through these narrow corridors and avoid things. Also, yeah, but it's kind of like a it seemed the music was really cutesy, but it seemed like you have to like use that function of the remote the angle that you're holding it in to do like the the cannon that you have on the ship oh no there's yeah, so i have to hold a button on i have to hold a trigger mm-hmm. on my remote on the first player hold the trigger to start up the laser okay then the second player with their sideways controller wherever they put the stick it points where the laser actually shoots then <laughs> add again add onto that then uh, i can hit a button and open a grapple hook and that the grapple hook moves like I'm pointing at the TV of the remote control, and I can go left, right, up, or down just by moving my controller in front of the switch, which is very difficult, by the way. Like, you have no <laughs> idea how hard it is to control something by using a remote control. That precision is just not there. Oh, no. You don't I have... I feel like I could do it. No. <laughs> so there's that. I'm trying to think what else. There's mini games where you have to follow a pattern. Um, mine was, like, for the one controller straight up and down, I would hit a button in time or move the move them up and down while the sideways controller would tilt different directions based on the rhythm of the song. There was one that was pong where they could make a different angle. One person could make an angle while the other person moved it back and forth. Oh, there was a lot, but you go through and you find these germs in the parent's body and you find part you go through in this big map and you find these certain sections of the body that are sick and then you do a mini game to fix it. And there's usually 3 per level. And then you escape, and then on to the next story beat. But it's really cute. And anyway, so you're playing the game, and the the ship you're on has a radio, and it plays K-pop songs, or like J-pop, or some sort of pop. Then after each song, they do a commercial where it's like, you're listening to Vitamin Connection. <laughs> and then it's the next song. Okay. So you're saying it's a pop-like. Yeah, yeah. kind of. So it's kind of, it's super cute to hear all this music and you're dancing around the music and then the commercial comes on and it's a different person, like something's in Japanese, sometimes it's a jingle, but it's always like vitamin connection and then back to the, to the tunes. And you, you were humming kind of, along to it quite a bit. Oh yeah. 
You were and, like, uh, na, 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 na. and I like the characters. There's a there's a there's a duo DJ that's I think it's DJ Dog and and Young One. That's what I call him, Young One. He was cool. <laughs> but uh, Vitamin Connection's fun just because it's trying to do something that hasn't been there. At least I haven't seen a lot of in the Switch game. And of course, it's obviously a Switch exclusive only because that's the technology. I I like the I, I like something trying to do something different. The only question I had throughout the whole process of playing this, and I've been streaming it for Multiplayer Mondays with Beth, is it's hard for me to gauge who the game is for, only because me and Beth are kind of struggling on some of those difficult challenges, and I don't. And we're what thirty, you know, in our thirties. So I'm more like, oh, would I play this with a five-year? I wouldn't play this with a five-year-old. Maybe no, like a- it doesn't sound like it at all. Like, you need too much coordination and collaboration in this to make it work. And like, I could see myself getting agitated at Kelly. <laughs> She's a grown adult. Yeah. If we played this together. So th- that's kind of what I was thinking about, it, and I was like, who is this for? Maybe like ten? Maybe ten? <laughs> 10 is that 12. a question or a number? It's just I'm just curious about what age group this is for because the story is obviously very family oriented and very positive, and I love it. It's just like I was like I don't know how you get through this with kids. It's so, it's very it's very punishing, you know. And and like of course it's got good checkpoints. It's very easy to restart. It's just yeah, just some of those things seem damn near impossible. Hmm. But I I really like it. I think anybody should check out the streams that are archived on our YouTube. I'm gonna t- probably Twitch Twitch stream it next Monday so me and Beth can try to beat it i think we're pretty much at the end but i really like it and way forward uh the developer did a really good job it's good to hear do you recall yeah. how much this ran uh let me take a look real quick i do i do not know offhand he got it for review so yeah but i i i, I think that it's worth checking out and picking up just if anything for how how different it is you know what i mean for, for what it's doing because uh, you're again not seeing a whole lot of it and you can count on one hand how many of those oh. there are okay so yeah, I, I can't get onto the e-store. It's 20 bucks. Okay. That's not bad. That's a good price. Apparently, Pokemon uses my wireless, so I have to exit the game in order to <laughs> use the e-store. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, I just want to touch on this one real quick because I kind of sprung this on you guys really last minute. Did any of you guys get a chance to even look at Quantum League at all? The Absolutely not. tiny little, like, first blurb that was on Steam. So okay. from what I saw, it looks like it is first-person shooter, but you use rewind copies of your character to finish the challenges? Well, Getty, time travel. So That's me, that's me doing the guy from the aliens. Time travel. Tracer. It's often very confusing. And like confusing time travel, Quantum League is very confusing. Okay, you're a shoot. It's a... Sh- First-person shooter. You versus... Uh, I'm playing Joel, for instance. Okay. We, we, we start in the arena. We have characters to pick from. Doesn't matter. Cause, and then you pick whatever gun you want. Doesn't matter. It's whatever you're comfortable with. And it says, go. We go in the arena, and I go, and I kill Joel. I shoot him. We only have 15 seconds. Then it rewinds. I, go, I, I just moved, I went right down the middle, and I shot Joel, and he died. It rewinds. Stop shooting now, me. Now yeah. it, starts, it starts over, but you, you know what happened. So what you do, Joel, is you now... We start the match again, but now you see a copy of yourself go right down the middle, and you see a copy of me coming for you to shoot you in the face. You shoot that character, like, of me, kill him, and then you see me behind, and you kill me. Again, you kill both versions. You take, if you killed both versions, that removes my point and now gives you two points. Does this, does this make you upset? No, it, it's such a good 
idea. I just, I don't know how to think it through. I'm not, I, I, it makes me feel dumb. Well, considering how many rounds does it go? Like Quite first, a bit. To, first to five or something like that? Yeah, and you you keep getting your points taken away by killing somebody before they got the original point. Exactly. Stopping the time loop, but you can t- stop a time loop, stop a time loop, and then all of a sudden the points get refunded back to the other person, I guess. So that would be a point of frustration unless you have a really good memory to know where everything's going on. And if you get three or four matches in, then some of it's also going to be dumb luck at that point. Yeah, but and then uh, if you're in like sudden death, it'll start you over, but only at those uh, other points. So if because it's really <laughs> only three copies, and then they're like, well, now you're going into copy one. And then you start the magic copy one while the other two are still happening. It kind of gives you redos a lot. It's it's very confusing to keep track of those points. But it's only beta testing until the time of this recording. Then it's out. But Oh, well. Why didn't you warn me? I did warn you several times. <laughs> yes, that's that's the joke. That, that adds up. <laughs> Let's go back in time. So... Quantum League, it's it's actually really big on Twitch right now. A lot of people are streaming it because, again, it's free open beta for anybody. But I, I just i am so curious as to how to think that game through because every time I'm like, okay, I killed him and I killed his copy, but now he killed one of my guys and that reset everything back to zero. So I don't know how it stopped. Every, he stops everything in motion and stops the time loop. And oh, my head hurts. Yeah. Okay. So Quantum League. First-person match-based uh, match shooting game. Uh, there's different characters, and they're all just cosmetic and different costumes. But really, what it comes down to just pick whatever weapon you want, and again, everybody has those options. So it's all whatever you want to look at and try to figure out this very intense math equation. <laughs> anyway, consider this your easy week, because next week we have five betas I signed us up for, and they're all text-based adventures. It's disgusting. Hey, be happy I didn't put you in World of Horror. Now, that's a text-based adventure that's frightening. I think World of Horror is just our existence here. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I'll send you some clips. But first, let's take a break. I brought you these flowers, but you need to check the strat to see what you prefer. That was really good. That was good. Mm, that was I, good. I, I think you're blowing smoke up my ass, but it's okay. It was deep. Like, the voice is real dark. Now I kind of want to know which flowers you brought. Yeah. Which one will get you into bed faster? Whoa. Uh, let's let's Whoa. talk about the news, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First piece of news. Tomb Raider, Laura Croft, coming to Brawlhalla. I only kind of bring this up because it references Rivals of Aether, who also did a crossover, as well as Rayman and Hellboy have also been in Brawlhalla. Goes to show you, those brawler games, pretty popular. I'm waiting for them Uh, to bring Marth to Brawlhalla. Yeah, that'd be funny. (laughs) (laughs) The Fire Emblem characters just start bleeding into every platform fighter. (laughs) Would it be funny? It'd be super funny. <laughs> It'd be funny to me. Unnecessary. 
Hey, I, again, I found it funny that apparently Rivals of Aether did a crossover with Brawlhalla, because so, they're both brawlers, and they uh, did skins where some Rivals of Aether character skins were in Brawlhalla and vice versa. I think Brawlhalla and Rivals of Aether should start delving into 90s platforming characters. Like, did uh, Rystar, <laughs> uh, Rocket Knight, who else? Uh, cool yeah, Spot. Like did some Cool Spot in there. Chester Cheetah. Huh. Um. I'm I'm sure there's more. I can't think of any more right now though. Vector Man. Vector Man. That'd be Vector you know that'd be actually a really good one. Yeah. I I, I think there'd be a lot of confused people. <laughs> that wouldn't oh, know we are was. dating ourselves with that reference. So. But yeah. okay. Next piece of news: Lotus from Warframe is in Smash Ultimate as an assist card. This is weird. a question. Yeah, that's that was weird. It's we that's a weird choice. That's again like putting Destiny two characters into. Smash. Cade sits for Smash. Yeah. See, I agree. That's an idea. Okay. Yep. And I, <laughs> the way I put it on Twitter was, yeah, put the Warframe in Smash. <laughs> nope. Nope. Okay. Next piece of news. Creator of the Konami Code has passed away at 61. That's sad. Yep. Yep. That's a bummer. <laughs> what? You, you don't agree? Just, no. I just, just like. And this piece of news is here. I don't even know what to say about it. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't know what to say about the Warframe thing, but geez. <laughs> geez, man. Laughing at this dude. Man, brutal. I was actually looking up all the different ways that Konami Code has been used, and I think I will use that for a uh, indie or outie quiz time, and I'll throw in some interesting ones that I've, I've, I've read. One that I won't put on the quiz, Netflix. You know? Really? Yeah. There's a there's a hidden settings menu that if you do the Konami code. You know, he saved so many lives with a Konami code, but the only life he couldn't save, his own. Yep, he couldn't get 30 lives off that Contra. Anyway, next, Baldur's Gate 3 gameplay uh, footage and info dump. I just wanted to say it because Metal Gear Kevin is currently freaking out about it. Congrats to you, Kevin. And enjoy <laughs> is, your Baldur's Gate. Is it Baldur's congrats Gate. to him? Eh, a little bit. He's pumped. He loves those. He likes Divin- those Divinity games. If yeah. we could just get him out to play actual Dungeons and Dragons. Nah, he lives far away. But we could probably get him through a Skype. Yeah, but then he's <laughs> want, just going to be a snake the whole time. I, I, okay. I want you to haul a computer monitor to your table where you play Dungeons and Dragons and, and have him there with a webcam and a mic. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not as complicated as you think. Tablets are, and iPads are... Yeah, we've, we've done that yeah. before. Mm-hmm. We mm. actually hung uh, cameras, webcams... From yep. a, what was it? Not a ceiling fan. Was it just a chandelier? Light fixture? Yeah. Yep, light fixture. And uh, broadcast the board so that somebody could see. I forgot we did that. <laughs> I don't forget stuff like that. Yeah, that was pretty good. Okay, next piece of news. Atari Hotel just recently tweeted, uh, at the Atari Hotel, you can check in at any time you like and leave whenever you want because we believe in consent and free will. I just wanted to add in America. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Why. You, you, you know what that's referencing, right? <laughs> I don't. It's just super confusing that they would Ho- make that message. Hotel California. Oh. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. Uh, well, what about consent and free will? That That's the joke, because like the, the, the lyric goes, you can check out uh. any time you like. But they don't want to say, but you can never leave because it, it I mean, goes against 
Well, I'd want one on its face. It sounds kind of obsessive and creepy, but like on the converse side, them explicitly saying like, yeah, leave whenever you want because we believe in consent and free will. Sounds kind of like wearing a shirt that says like, I'm not a rapist. You know, it is. It's going to lead to questions. It's going to lead to it's going to lead to questions like, hey. Why are you wearing a shirt that says I'm not a rapist? Should I be I didn't should, assume. should I be concerned about you being a rapist? <laughs> this this went in the wrong direction. You know, but I'm really glad I put this in news. I thought it was not news, but it's pretty started good. with an explanation of the song Hotel California ends into uh nope. Pre warning rape. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Wow. Okay. Do I need so, to cut down? <laughs> no. The, the whole segment. Uh, I thought that was real funny. We can so. never go back to the news. Next one. G- this is actual news. Uh, <laughs> as opposed to everything else that we do? Everything, everything else is fluff, but this, this yeah. is legit. <laughs> uh, GDC might get canceled. Devs are getting the following notice. Uh, with the current ongoing outbreak of coronavirus, there seems to be indecision on whether or, or whether to or whether not to attend GDC. It's a valid concern. San Francisco has now declared a local health emergency, and with the likes of EA, Facebook, PlayStation, Hideo Kojima, whoa, Hideo and Kojima, that's what it says, <laughs> <laughs> all pulling out of GDC, the question is, will you still be attending GDC, or have you decided not to go? And I have it's, decided it's, not to go this year. That's a good decision, Getty. Because I was not invited. <laughs> for for those that might be uninitiated, what is GDC? The Game Developers Conference. It's more of an industry event uh, where they they exchange ideas. They have pre- they, that press conference is a uh, what am I thinking of? They have panels, but the panels are more a game developer talking about how we used rhyming narration or how to code this a specific way so that it doesn't take up as much RAM. They have these panels and then other game developers will attend them, ask questions, and everyone kind of learns and grows. But in this case, everyone seems to be pulling out because of a national, of a local health emergency. So another one might bite the dust. Well, it seems like this actually does a little bit more damage than some of the people pulling out of E3. And you thought I was insensitive. You're the one saying bite the dust about a, a pandemic. <laughs> That's starting. Well, all right. So that and we've said pull out like five times already. Well, They're not off I to mean, a great start in the news, guys. We're, we're, we're really reducing the news. No. <laughs> if I were the news, I'd be scared of us right now. Do, do you want to? Okay, I'm, I'm not going there. Never mind. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, uh, so, no, I mean, I don't know. It's just I'm not surprised that companies are deciding not to send employees out to conferences where there's going to be hundreds or thousands of people at like it's it is a perfect opportunity if there's somebody that does not realize that they're infected with the coronavirus to spread it to lots of other people and so like i'm experiencing it might work there's uh travel uh you got that travel ban too and travel bans especially overseas and you know it just it makes sense Yep, we got no international travel, and <clears throat> they will not ask you to go anywhere domestically either. Wow, okay. Yeah, we have somebody going to Canada, I think, next week. Well, so, I, God bless them. Yeah. Uh, scary times. It's also causing, uh, what was it, shortages in 
things getting made because they're starting to like people aren't the, like that stuff gets the the way the development is and those products are getting made like animal crossing they don't they're having problems in china right what what about china that they're having problems making the game because i think the ma- the manufacturing was in china well, I mean, it was specifically in one province. I don't know where all of the, the factories are, but it's definitely possible that the factories had been shut down. I mean, we had a, a similar case at my work, but I, again, do not get paid to talk about work outside of work, so. Yeah, but uh, uh, just confirming that uh, that uh, suspension of pre-orders of the console, shipments of the new system we pushed back, production taking place in China. Okay, I'm not just talking out of my ass. That's good. That's probably good. But first, turns out it was the White Rose, which you can only obtain during a special side mission. We'll have to try again next week. Let's take a break. with the backlog blog where we play games that were impulse buys because we got our taxes done and then just never took a second look at them first you guys played my hero one justice well, I, I didn't wait, play wait. this <laughs> uh joel did joel got real fired up on my hero academia and uh yeah yeah i uh watch full disclosure here i i'm not the world's biggest anime fan I mean, I, I've done the Cowboy Bebops. I've uh, I've watched enough Dragon Ball Z because it's just in the zeitgeist anymore if you find yourself online anywhere. But generally, it's just not in my taste. But, like, this one is such a weird mixture of... I mean, Alex, you compared it to X-Men. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, a weird passing of the torch story. <laughs> and, yep. and about, like, an aging hero and things. And... It, it it just sort of hits a lot of the right kind of story tropes that appeal to me, except for like the incessant crying. <laughs> that, yeah, he cries that a lot. the main character does. Like he it makes re- you feel it's better. He, if he, it makes you feel better, Joel, I have watched thousands of hours of anime, and so has Getty. And I only watched like two episodes of My Hero. And since you started talking about it a bunch, I was like, well, I should probably just watch that anime. So yeah, I'm like halfway through season one right now yeah like it, you should it's, watch it. It, it it took me maybe a, a couple weeks and i'm i'm at season three i think i'm in a I'm lot i'm in the middle through. of a lot of other animes getty don't put pressure on me <laughs> hey uh, this is the I same want... kind of pressure when you game shame us okay yeah i want to finish right. up gunslinger girls you shut up you've been watching that for years i have been it's a good one it's also really slow joel yeah my hero one justice so what the other thing I want to say is like I hate that this game is not just called My Hero Academia or something like that because it seems like depending on where you look the series or stuff related to it can go by a myriad of different names always with like My Hero or or something Boku or something else and it makes it really tough to keep track of what is what in this thing. But well, also, yeah, like how many how many games have they made of My Hero? There's been a couple, I think. Uh, I don't uh, know. I'm not sure. I know. But this one, it, it is an arena fighter. Okay. And so by arena fighter, usually what you mean is that like 
you are constrained to a 3D space that is limited in size, but you have free roam movement as a character, and you are facing off against one or several other characters uh, with a fairly shallow moveset compared to most fighters. So this one is clearly based off of the My Hero Academia characters and world and stuff. And Other games that have gone around this route are... Final Fantasy Dissidia, that, what was that, uh, the Shonen Jump Force? Yeah, Jump Force. What? Jump Force. There's more than that, I'm sure. I don't I don't know, if, was Xenoverse that kind of thing? Uh, kind of, yeah. Yeah. That that one's a little more open space. Like it, uh, for, for example, when you're talking about the 3D space of this game, quite literally, it, it feels like it is you fighting within a square, not a square, a... Uh, uh, a cube, like a cube mm-hmm. space, and it'll be invisible walls if you reach a certain height or go so far out in the zone you're fighting in. Dragon Ball Xenoverse is one where they still have those walls, but the space is so expansive that you have to try really hard to reach those walls. Uh, so it doesn't have the same kind of uh, suffocating feel. But this game it is it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, and I, I mean that in the most generous way possible, but it is clearly a discount thing in every facet of it. So I, I've been watching the thing in English. Uh, mm-hmm. They call that, what, dub when they do yep. it in English. And this is all in Japanese, and there's no English <laughs> option. And that's kind of a whatever thing. But, yeah. you know, even in, like, the menus, it is so bombastic and crazy. And there's, like, story modes, you know, versus modes. A lot of the sort of standard fair fighter options that you'll find in a game like this. But, like, I've been playing through the story mode just because I feel like that's usually a good place to just try to start learning the basics of how to play a game like th- this or any fighter. And you select story, and it's some guy yelling with a very Japanese affect story (laughs) really really loud and bombastic (laughs) it's just like you know put hand on head oh god (laughs) but uh the the whole thing is the story mode is structured looking like it's part of comic book scenes for each different level you select and then they will do little inner yeah in japan it's called manga comic book scenes and they (laughs) will do in between each round or fight you do they will do little interstitial clips story beats uh, story beats so like one thing to note for anybody that would consider this game it is not a good way to get a sense of the story this is clearly for people who are very familiar with this stuff and are buying this as just like additional fan service entertainment type material so if you're going into this thing expecting there to be some kind of uh decent retelling of what happens in the series no and frankly like getty i'm not gonna get two spoilers here because i know alex you're just in the middle of first season but there's i'm fine there's a character called the hero killer and his name's stain Mm. or something like that yeah Uh, that's is that in the second season or the third season the the beginning of the third season okay so that is where that is like where the story mostly starts off with is you play as a character at 
a point where it's leading up to the events of encountering this character who is a, a pretty big character in a portion of the series. And so, one, you're sort of starting off midstream in the story, but then, two, it is also these, like, bare-bone events, you know, summarizing, leading up to the actual battle sequence. Kind of like, uh, it would be like in Dragon Ball Z if all they did to start off the story was show you on Namek and then showing Krillin getting obliterated and then Goku turning Super Saiyan. It'd be like mm-hmm. if it started off there. For there, uh, was okay. a, there was a Dragon Ball game like that, I swear. Oh, I'm sure there was. It had the most minimalistic, like, oh, this is what just happened. All right, now fight. <laughs> well, and, and I <laughs> and I think that goes to show you it. They, they know exactly what they're going for, right? I, I mean, they're... They're not trying to get a wide audience with this thing. They know who's going to buy it. Oh, it's very targeted. Yeah, they don't think that they, whether it's a budgetary thing or if it's a we don't have to thing, they're going explicitly for the fan of the stuff. And I should also note, the reason why I got this is because it was very cheap on PSN. So, <laughs> like, it, it was a low barrier to entry. And now that I've realized that we've talked mostly about the story and how this game fails to <laughs> tell a story in terms of the actual gameplay it is several different buttons so the face buttons on the controller one will be like a base attack there will be two special moves and then there's also a block button on the trigger for one there is a uh, sort of like a, a dash button that lets you zoom in on the enemy and it's worth noting that in these arena fighters, usually when you're moving around, you've got free movement, but you can do certain things that'll kind of hone you in towards the enemy in your actions. And so the intent really is to try to get around the enemy's attacks or try to block in the right time and then counter and stun lock them with your own attacks. And each of these characters, their abilities are called quirks. And those are your special attacks, and there's even, like, there's a meter that you can burn like any other fighter. It, once you reach the full number, you hit the right button combination, and it burns the meter, and you do your special move. So, like, there's a character who is half ice and half fire. He's got certain moves that'll, like, send these giant shoots of ice spikes towards the enemy. Your character is this supercharged, you know, like, powerful blows kind of character where he'll like flick a finger and it'll blast just like a big projectile blast or like a big powerful punch towards him if you choose the right thing and it is nice that they've got a nice diversity of moves for each individual character but the same button inputs are all the same for each character so the only difference you're seeing is what type of move the characters do when you press the basic button or the super moves and what kind of reach they have or impact. Okay. Now, is it over the shoulder, behind the back, what? Uh, So it's not really behind the back. The camera sort of sits somewhere in between the two characters because, like, as I was playing, there were sections where I would be just trying to run around to throw the enemy off guard, but it wouldn't be following me. It would just be in a static camera position, and I would oh, be running around like along the one outside punch. rim. So no, that was the, another arena. Uh, is it arena? arena that fighter? was arena. One was, punch. Uh, one that one punch beta we did. Yeah, mm-hmm. the and that problem drove me I had. Yeah, that's the same thing with Dissidia. 
and Shonen Jump is that I, I don't it it throws me off really hard that you're moving and the camera's not directly following you, so you can just completely whiff a whiff a punch. Right. Yeah. I mean, whiff everything because you mm-hmm. could be on the exact opposite side of the stage and you the camera's just like, Oh, good luck with that. Especially if your some of your things lock you into animations. Mm-hmm. So like a three hit combo, all of a sudden you're sitting there waiting for the combo to play out while someone is literally standing behind you. Yep. Yeah. I be. I definitely don't see this. It's not a precise game. It's it's pretty button mashy when it comes down to it. I, even when I try to play strategic, I don't feel like I'm doing much better against the mm-hmm. CPU when I play it. So it's it it is something where I've been in the mood for more arcadey games lately, which is why I've kind of stalled on Kentucky Route Zero. Uh, I haven't picked up Persona Four in a little bit because uh, it just the the story centric stuff hasn't stuck to me. And if you're looking for like an arcadey, frantic action kind of thing, and you're a fan of the series, I think this will scratch that itch pretty well. But outside of that, if you're looking for something that is as technically sound as something like a Street Fighter, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, uh, or any other typical style of a fighter, I, I don't think you're going to get what you're looking for in this. I just Honestly. have two quick questions. Yeah. Yep. Go first. So, Joel, how many characters? Is it the full class from the TV show, or is it more? So 20 plus? No, it's it's not the full class. There is a nice variety of classmates and uh, people from too. the... There are a few teachers and some of the villains as well. So there, there's a good diversity of characters, but it's definitely not the entire class. Okay, and then you were talking about some of the... Not to get too caught up on the story... But the main character, whose hero name is Deku, mm-hmm. does he go five percent or is it full on? Five uh, percent. So okay. like that's, so that's you know going back to the story part. The story part picks up where you're meeting with Grand Torino for the yep. first time, and right. the first the first battle is getting him acclimated to actually being able to harness his power uh, at five percent, so he doesn't break himself Blow each up. time yep. that he. Yep you know, uses his power. So like it's, it, I guess it kind of makes sense in the sense that they need a way to justify you running around like a and superhero to fight. Right. Yeah. But like you kind of wish maybe they would uh, put a tiny bit more effort. Like I could see a game of based on the series where you start as Deku uh, struggling really hard to just use the stuff without breaking himself to pieces. And, I could see it being interesting if they put some real thought into it, but I could see it being challenging enough to where if this is meant to be something off the shelf that people who like the series goes, oh, a new game's coming out, I'll I'll play that, you know, then that's probably not within the scope of what they're going for. And, and there are other details that I, I saw that I won't get into in terms of character design when they showed some of the story beats that I found a little disappointing, but uh, that stuff, those things are tied to moments that are pretty awesome in the show to where I wouldn't want to (laughs) spoil them or divulge them here. So uh, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Just as a note, I did do a little bit of research. Uh, This is the first and only currently, but they are making a sequel to this. Yeah, I saw that. And, And the trailers that I saw, don't really tell me too much about if they really expanded on anything. So I've, I've got my doubts and I've, I've got no intentions of getting a sequel. So, 
Yep. Yeah. Well, no, again, I, I think they'll throw one out there, but the other thing to note is that uh, the things that you kind of complained about make it seem like it's an arena fighter. <laughs> yeah, like I think that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, and so, but well, I mean, more like the fact that like that genre made you be like, yeah, that John. Oh, Final Fantasy Dissidia? I don't know. It's an arena fighter. Yeah, I think it's just like if you want to pound on some buttons and feel like you're beating up something digitally. And then also throw in the fact that you like, in the, like you said, in the theme of your choice. Fan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because that's why I got to Cydia. It's like, oh, if I hit the button enough and I hit the right person enough, I could summon Ifrit? Cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. What, it's what does kinda... he do? He just flies around the map. Got it. Okay. Yeah. There, there's a bit of spectacle to it. And it's, it's neat in the way that, like, when you were a kid, you would buy a video game based off of the X-Men or Spider-Man. And even if it didn't feel great, it felt kind of cool playing as those characters. It's the same kind of thing here. And, but, I mean, again, if I can sell you on it, Desertio, you can kind of play Cloud versus Squall, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, I mean, like, I have, you can beat up Titus. To, I've already got Air Guys, and I don't know why I would want to do anything besides play uh, as Sephiroth versus Cloud. So, well, you can do yeah. that too in Dissidia, yeah. but with better graphics. But you know what? God bless this ring. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that should be okay. our new tagline. God should we actually ring? spend time talking about the game that we all played? <laughs> there we go getty there, see getty now that's a transition uh we also all played greece greece i'm sticking to greece it's the G-R-I-S. word r-i-s yep i i uh, thought it was gris but greece works better uh so there was a person that watched us for a little while on twitch and uh gree is the gree. uh yep very very cool mm-hmm. all right gree Okay, so we played Gree, the indie darling that came out in 2018, where you play a girl exploring a land and doing kind of basic platforming challenges, all in a watercolor painted world that has a really good soundtrack, really good environment, uh, 2D platforming with puzzles, but the music, the art goes along for me a lot like Journey. Uh, what did you guys think? Joel, hit me. It was fine. Cool. <laughs> no, I, it's... Damn. All right. Well, if Joel's not going to talk no, about no, it... I, I, I'll, nope. It's too I'll, late. I'll, no. I get to... No. No. <laughs> I, I've been talking a lot, so I, I will be quick about this, but right. uh, it's it's beautiful. It is wonderfully colorful. And, and by that, I don't mean light in the way I said with Super Crush KO, like where it was all pastel. Like the the colors are deep and they're bright in some spots and dark in some spots. Uh, the character, when you're scaled back, is a little bit nondescript, but they've got these moments where they pan in closer to her and they show all the details of her, and that's really impressive. And some of the backdrops are really cool in that. As you'll be doing up a building and there are different staircases, it'll almost feel like the foreground and background are shifting a little bit as you're going up each segment. And so there's there's a lot of cool visual tricks going on here that I can really appreciate. And Getty? Oh, yeah, I guess I could talk today. <laughs> <laughs> Not like you spent the last two episodes bailing us out. Yeah, I, I found that this was, for as little story as it seems to have, very deep, very involved, and it makes you care about this character. Uh, while there isn't like a 
like a story there isn't any words in the game it kind of follows her as she's she's in this world and you're not abundantly clear on what's happening in the world but at the beginning uh, it's at the beginning when the statue breaks yeah and then she's falling and there isn't a lot of color to start out with and as you go through the world as you find these little stars these little sprites and collect them and bring them back it starts to build a constellation and at the same time after you finish one of the story segments it also unleashes some color into the world but at the same time that it unleashes color it also changes the world so once you get the color green plants start to grow once you get the color blue there's water in the world now so like i said it's not really clear what happened to this character or what she's going through but mm -hmm. she's she's got a lot of depth from the little bit that you can tell it's happening to her along with the the bosses or monsters that you encounter which there aren't many I, did you guys finish yet or are you still playing through i'm not quite finished yet but it's okay if you want to talk about story specifics oh there's and i'm not a we're close to the end we have like probably another hour maybe so did you guys both encounter the the flying bird yes oh yeah okay and alex then you have seen the it's not a shark but it's like a like a it's some weird kind of sea beast yeah i'm trying to think what the correct term for it but one like the lurker kind of yeah. fish so those those monsters they definitely drive the story in a way and it's not until you get closer to the end that you start to for me i started to question it and think like why what happened to her why why is the the world without color why does she need to find all of the color again it is really an existential experience one of the things because i started doing some research on this game because i was fascinated by it and there are several they said that there are several inspirations that kind of drove the the production of this game and one of the things they had said was the stages of grief yeah i could kind of see that based on like the beginning where this figure that's holding you crumbles and then you're in a, a world devoid of color and you have to find that color bring it back into your life and that's kind of how each stage starts is that you go into a statue's hand and then it crumbles again right so it, it, it makes sense in a, in a world with a silent protagonist, you have to take your story cues when you can, where you can find them. And in this case, it does seem like she is facing these demons that you can't quite put a finger on, but no, it's something that you kind of, you can, you can relate. And that's why I think that Gree really does a really good job of relating without words and giving a story of progress. And by the end, you're just, you're rooting for that character. You're tired at the end of each level. You're just like mentally drained. And uh, I love everything it does, especially the watercolors. The watercolors are beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a good example of how video games, specifically as a, a storytelling medium, can convey a robust story without words. Because e even silent movies, like the they're lacking the interactivity that, provides you with a little bit of feeling of stakes and investment into the story you know the way you get out of a video game so uh, I, i'm definitely appreciating it from that angle also there are a couple of games i i'm trying to remember the last one i said this about because whenever it happens i kind of take a picture to remember it 
and I'm not seeing if seeing it right now, so I obviously don't remember it that well. But there are certain games that when you're playing it at any given time, you could pause it and take a photo. And that photo is just a painting now. That photo can just be a painting. You could print it out, stretch it on canvas, and put it on your wall. I mean, there's a lot and, of games that have photo modes now. Yes, and photo modes are, are great, but I just mean that it's not even built for a photo mode. It's just that the game is so beautiful that it doesn't matter what is currently happening on screen. That's just, you could just pause it and that's art. That's that's everything. It looks perfect. And again, I would just want to put that in my wall. And Gree is one of those games that there were a couple times I just paused it and snapped a photo because I'm like, man, everything about this, I would just hang on a wall. And then we played like another hour, paused it, and I'm like, oh, wait, hold on, let's take a photo. And that there would go in our bathroom this would go on you know above our walls and like that's like what i'm saying is that those things kind of are really impressive to me that the aesthetic in any time in that game at any time like you can go the full game start to finish and anytime take one still frame of that uh, one still frame of that game and it's like okay that is now my painting that's going to go in the extra bedroom <laughs> i was trying to remember what the other one was i think hollow knight might have been another one yeah that would but, make sense to me yeah so I just I, I find it always very impressive because games work hard to achieve a lot in, in their medium and one that could be so the art can be done so well that there's no there doesn't need to be context. It doesn't need to be like, oh, that's this character. Like when someone looks at that painting and goes, oh, what's this? Well, it's that character I kind of like. And if you look, she's doing this thing. And it's, it's like, no, it's just someone will look at them and go, I really like that painting. <laughs> but that was Gree. Now, let's take a break before I have an existential crisis. Was, all, was I the shadow all along? Could be. We gotta go. <laughs> we gotta go. Okay. We've had this segment, I want to say this segment's only like a month old, and we've had it like four times. But we keep doing cool stuff in real life, so... And Getty, we're never going to call it shit I did in real life. You we. just called it that. Nope. It's IRL. It's time for IRL, where we discuss some things that are tangentially related to our video game life and podcast. This week, we have... Well, hold on. Let's take the big announcement until later. Getty, how was that My, my Hero Academia movie? <laughs> so... <laughs> I went last night. I'm just going to tell you a quick anecdote about... No no spoilers to the movie. If you want, I can get into it. Was it good? It was pretty good. Um, okay. It does drag a little towards the end, but for an anime movie, it was mostly uh, very engaging. It takes the characters and puts them in a different kind of story, so... Okay, now hit me with the story. All right, so here's, here's the story that I have for my movie-going experience. And this could have actually happened at any movie, but I got there early. Uh, I got my food, but the kid next to me, he shows up uh, right about when the movie's going to start. He has a very pungent odor about him. Proceeds to... <laughs> no, I, I, I kid you not. He eats an entire bag of candy, like, super fast. We're talking, like, in five minutes. So that when the movie starts, he's already asleep. Oh, no. 
Yes. And he does not wake up until the last 10 minutes when his friend who's sitting next to him starts freaking out about what's happening in the story of the movie. And he was super disoriented. Do you know what we call that? Uh, an amazing Thursday night. Going plus ultra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry it was a wednesday night but dang <laughs> dang like i was going ham man he he's living his best life so shout out to that dude if you listen uh props i hope he enjoyed the last 10 minutes of the movie <laughs> i mean it, it so in the typical anime movie fashion they do like this big thing like oh my gosh this is going to change the status quo like after this happens nothing will ever be the same in our reality and then in true just fashion it doesn't really change anything so so, so in this series do they do the dragon ball thing where none of the movies are actually part of the canon of the main story you could argue that it is but at the end of it there's not really too much that they took away from it other than making a couple of acquaintance, acquaintances acquaintances there yeah. we go acquaintances so meeting a couple of new people acquaintances acquaintances and uh maybe the lessons that they learned from it but this i didn't realize that this picks up so far into the the series i think it's actually close to the end of season 3 if not like part of the way through season four which i haven't seen any of season four um so there's there's a couple of things that i wasn't particularly ready for but still it was good overall i enjoyed it i i would definitely recommend it if you're a fan of the series not not for the ending but at least for all the cool stuff that they do leading up to it and uh joel yeah that that thing about the dragon ball movies not being canon yep that's not a dragon ball thing that's just that's an that's an anime thing. thing. Yeah, in general. I, I'm using it within the context of my knowledge of about the, the genre. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm, just educated. I'm, I'm just educating you because there's a lot of, like, anime movies that are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And they, they're like, like uh, there was one that I loved back in high school uh, for Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm-hmm. They, had a, they had a movie that was action-packed and everyone had, uh, like, they had these crazy powers. And then someone goes, you know that's not the show, right? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, the show is very, like... They're kind of detectives, and mm-hmm. there's like a, there's a lot more going on with them trying to figure out crimes. And I was like, wait, but they just fought like a demon king. And they're like, yeah, that doesn't really happen in the show. You know, like, that, oh, that's okay. one of the few shows I watched as a kid. They did mm-hmm. out there by the end of that show into wild, like, demons fighting each other stuff. So mm-hmm. Yeah, but that happened. I think that, like, again, I think that was like the movie came out earlier. I guess I don't know. Yeah. I can't say for sure. We'll, but We'll never know. It just yeah, it, with those movies, most anime movies in a lot of cases don't over like. Did the Pokemon movies really like lead into story that like kept going in the shows? I don't think so. No, but also like, I kind of think that they're like thinking about how many Pokemon shows there have been now for each iteration of the the games, right? And they are loosely connected, I think, in terms of like they will acknowledge prior shows or bring it do stuff like bring in brock and misty to one of the more recent shows as like guest stars but the the canon itself is kind of loosely tied together because like he ash just won his first championship and he's been going to like 10 or 12 championships now and he also still looks like a 10 year old boy (laughs) so oh yeah so it's like you know logic (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm more just trying to yeah, give you the heads up that like yeah, if you watch an anime movie, the show is probably not like it doesn't have anything to do with the show in most cases. I don't know. Yeah. This this was kind of like the show, but you know, it didn't have any repercussions in the end. Okay. Next IRL segment, we joined the NPR Front Row Network. Bam, 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 bam. No. If you if okay. you're listening to this, then we are on the internet. <laughs> we are on the internet. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's late and I'm tired. <laughs> right. So, what does this mean? Uh, well, our good friends at NPR Illinois and the Front Row Network, uh, based out of Springfield, Illinois, have decided that we will be part of there. And, of course, we gracefully, graciously said yes, that there we, we will be part of their network, which means that they will promote our shows and promote our episodes and our events and... Uh, I personally will be doing some going some writing for them, and we're going to be writing a couple articles for them here and there, and providing some audio for NPR Illinois. Yeah, this uh, is. I know that I, this is one of those cases where me living out in the middle of nowhere benefits me because it means that I can't be responsible for any of the Chicago stuff. Oh. <laughs> well, Getty already said no, so I'm going to be. I'm hyped because You're I want to go to about convention this weekend, right? I already well, had this planned. No, I'm going to go to other ones. Oh. And you're not invited. Oh, okay. Well, then that settles that. There you go. There you go. We did it. But uh, I will be going to conventions. Uh, Getty will go to conventions to hang out with his family. I will go to report for NPR Front Row Network. And our podcast will have uh, hopefully new listeners and uh, more events, more stuff that we could go to and discuss, more IRL stuff like uh, I'm still trying to get Getty to get signed up for Combo Breaker. Combo Breaker. Also, we had, uh, during the break, Joel was surprised with tickets that me and Getty bought, and uh, his wife bought him to go see the Final Fantasy VII Orchestra in Chicago. Yeah. Big news. Big facts. I'm excited. Like I said, he has to hang out with us now. (laughs) So we'll be discussing that IRL uh, in October uh, when the concert is, so that should be a lot of fun. So what it means for you, the listener, not a lot, except for that we're going to have some more hype to us, some more people shouting us out and trying to get us, you know more access to things, and I think that we'll be having just as much fun as always. We will continue to seduce the news. Oh, unsuccessfully. <laughs> One day, Getty. One day. Yeah. But for now, let's move on to One Last Thing. One Last Thing is our closing out segment where we say one last thing, one last sentence to start us out into the weekend and you, the listener, into the weekday. For me, I will be spending a lot of this weekend over at C2E2. Man, that was bad. Yeah, try it again. No, I'm okay. (sighs) If you see me and Getty, we'll be wearing our Super GG Radio shirts. Say hey. And uh, we will have what's left of our sticker stash. It's not a lot. I I don't know how this works because we're not releasing this until Sunday. So I guess if you're listening to this on Sunday morning, come and find us. (laughs) I'll find you. I will, I'm, I'll probably be there Sunday morning. Yeah, okay, both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, say hi. We will be around. Uh, Getty, your one last thing. So I have been playing Wolfenstein 2, and it went completely bonkers. Like, the story is insane. And uh, I decided that I'm going to take a break from the main story to do the kill board so that Alex can catch up with me. Okay, did you get to, did you get to the part where... We'll we'll talk about that later, but I'm hoping that you'll catch up so that we can discuss it on the podcast. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Joel. Uh, Are you guys going to see Sonic anytime soon, or am I just alone in that? 
I really, really want to. I really, really want to. I want to bring the. I want to talk about that in IRL. It'll like it's gonna happen. Like, I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's a great movie, but it's not bad. It's 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 worth seeing. Oh uh, no, that's no. Though Sonic's my jam. Like I'm a hardcore Sonic defender, like all day. Uh yeah. Uh, Getty, you gonna see Sonic or no? There's a chance. No, you're not obligated. I just, I was just curious. All right, and that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where me and Beth and I are going to be closing out the end of Vitamin Connection, which should be a lot of fun. I'm excited to, you know, close that out and put my thoughts down on paper. Uh, Kelly and Joel are going to keep pushing through Gree, and Metal Gear Kevin is troubleshooting his network issues this week, so he will be out. Right now, I'm trying to bribe Joel to play some Blood Roots. We'll see. Please and thank you. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes with a GDC cancel email of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG Joel. Good day. GG Getty. GG. Good night, everybody. <laughs>